Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to Vicarious Living, welcome back to the podcast, welcome back kids, welcome back to my esteemed guest, second time on the podcast. What? That's a female voice, as much as it just didn't sound like <laughs> Lauren S, intro music, here it is. So, second time on the podcast, how does it feel being back? Uh, round two, uh, honestly, more excited than the last time. I, yeah? I can't, I can't deny this. You were only at like a six last time. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was still at like an eight, but now I'm at like a twelve. So, okay, before we list what movie we did, you now are back after the last time on the podcast. You actually got like the sweetest praise of all time from natalie J. she's my home girl like yeah woman crush woman crush wednesday i think even though it's a thursday yeah i think for sure next time we need to have both of you on together shit's gonna get real oh my god because you guys have never met and like that'll just be the most explosive hangout of all time she's coming off having two kids you are just fiery as fuck with no kids. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. I do have one child. Oh yeah. She's in she's sitting here. Lola's sitting here in podcast studio looking as excited as ever. Um okay, what movie? Announce what movie we're doing tonight cuz I am very oh. excited about this. 10 things I hate about you. And why are we doing that? Because it's the best movie ever. So this movie, I got, I was telling you when we were watching it, I got more requests to do this movie than any other movie that we have on the podcast. What? What? Anna from HR even requested to be on this podcast, but I essentially told her that she had to fuck off because you got the first request in for it. No offense to my wife. It, it was a right move. She can be second. She can be second. So, love you, Anna, though. Love you. Yeah. So you love this movie, though. This one connects with you deep, going back to your child roots. Um, I'm pretty sure you could note that during the majority of the movie, I was actually quoting the lines and singing the songs that were occurring quite up to par. It's actually the best movie that I am at quoting. It's even better than Mean Girls. I think I've seen Mean Girls more times. I know we you you did you had most of the clips down and I was wondering do I need to even play clips on this podcast because you might be able to just literally do all the clips yourself. We might need no clips. Yeah, I'm infatuated by this movie, but I honestly can never do the tones quite right. There's maybe only the Valley Girl tones that really I do well, which is more like the Bianca type of character, you know. Yeah, and your your uh, Heath Ledger Australian accent wasn't that good. Oh, hell no. It sounded more British. Well, you know, they were originally British, 
do a Heath Ledger impression. Say like, hey, cat, come over here. Hey, cat, come over here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Say, uh, I want $300 to date cat because she sucks so much ass. <laughs> I can't. Do it. I want $300 cash to date cat because she's such a bitch. <laughs> I sound like a robotic British version, like not even like a human being. Yeah. Okay. Let's all right, let's get off of that first, real quick. Housekeeping contact for the kids. They gotta be able to get at us. So it's. Do you a, know our shit? It's Vicarious Living Pod for Instagram. No, for Gmail. Gmail. Yeah. It's Vicarious Living Pod at Gmail dot com. Yeah. And it, the Instagram is just Vicarious Living podcast on instagram oh Oh, my gosh i'm i'm embarrassed because i've literally heard you say this about five thousand times now what would you guess as we get in right before we do the plot breakdown of this movie let's guess some rotten tomatoes what do you think this movie got on rotten tomatoes i actually have not seen the score for the first time like ever so i am genuinely gonna guess with you what's your where do you think if it is not 100%, I'm going to be really disappointed, but there's probably some really shitty people out there in the United States. So, um, especially because this movie came out in 1999. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with a solid 80%. 80%? Yeah, I'm going to hope it is. I actually am just as optimistic as you, but I I want to go a little higher. I'm going to say 86. Let's see. 10 Things I Hate About You. Rotten Tomatoes. Oh no. Oh god. Is this gonna be the worst news ever? Fucking 68. This is why America, nobody likes Americans. This is what exactly the why. Fuck. This is why, like, people that are not from America hate Americans. And people in America who hate Americans. I hate us right now. All it says is Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger add strong performances to an unexpectedly clever script, elevating 10 things slightly above typical teen fare. What? They're praising it, but then saying it's only a 68? This movie, honestly, to me, this movie's in the 90s. I was pleasantly surprised. I haven't seen this in like 25 years at least, and I was like locked in. The satire alone in it, it's just like, you know, oh my besides God, the I fact know. that it's based off an actual historical play, which if you actually look up online on the facts, they have elements of the play actually listed like yeah. in the script, Yep, which is phenomenal. Like, do you want me to read? I, I didn't know all that shit. And so, like, when I was doing the pre, pre-search for this podcast, I was, like, looking up all this stuff about 10 Things I Hate About You. And, yeah, had no idea. It's completely based on a Shakespeare play entitled The Taming of the Shrew. Yep. And then I was looking up this thing. So, here's this thing. I'm just going to read it. It said, in order to understand, to understand better the success of the movie 10 things i hate about you it is useful to have a general idea about the original play written by shakespeare the taming of the shrew it's about it's a comedy set in italy where this noble lady caterina manola is known for her difficult character and brazen personality as a result of her harshness everyone believes that caterina will never get married she has a younger sister bianca who is nothing like her 
and has two serious suitors, a la Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, yeah. In this movie, and then that other fucking rich guy. Andrew Keegan. Andrew Keegan. So, two serious suitors, Gremio and Hortensio. Obviously, their names were slightly different in this movie. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Seeing the situation, Katerina and Bianca's father decides that he will not let Bianca get married unless Katerina does the same first. The decision prompts Gremio and Hortensio to devise a plan to marry Katerina off someone else so that they can compete for Bianca's affection. Essentially, that's the same shit in this movie. Yeah. You have Kat... They used Katarina as the same character name for Julia Stiles. Correct. Who's a mean bitch. Not unlike yourself. No Very sh- accurate. No shots fired. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not taking offense to this. And then you got Bianca, who's her younger sister, who's like the smoke show who these two guys, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Andrew Teagan, are vying for. Keegan. Whatever. It's, he's not related to Chrissy Teagan. <laughs> Whatever. They look bad. a lot different. So, what happens is, the only way that those two guys can get this hot younger chick is essentially for the older sister to date a guy. Yep. That's exactly it. And what do they do? Who do they call on to get her to date a guy? The smoking hot, sexy, any kind of woman would want him man. Oh my Mr. god. Mr. Keith Ledger and man, man who would want a man. So now let's just pause on him for a sec because I have one more fun fact about the movie and then we're going to get into all the characters. Last fun fact about the movie is the title of this movie. Because I was thinking, why wouldn't they just name it like The Taming of the Shrew like they did on the, the play? Yeah. Like, why not just do that? And it's said that the, the screenwriter, this Karen girl, was... She was saying that she didn't think that it was going to resonate as much with the teens or whatever. And so she was like, I was looking for like a more teen themed title. So she went back and uh, got her old diary from when she was in high school. And she was like looking through all of her past uh, like entries. And she found this one where she was dating this this guy named Anthony that she was frequently unhappy with. So in one of her entries, she made a list called Things I Hate About Anthony. Ooh, I like that. And then they named the title 10 Things I Hate About You based on that. Just makes that movie that much better. Yeah. So, I mean, those facts are just fun. Those are fun facts. I mean, that's definitely different than what I found. I found the fact that it said something like the reason, if you listen to it, the name... 10 Things I Hate About You sounds like Taming of the Shrew, which it kind of does. It kind of does. Maybe it was a combination. Maybe it was like... I think it was. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so meta. I told you, the underlying tones of this movie, this should have won an Oscar. How did it only get 68%? Because people are terrible. God, I feel so pessimistic about society. This is exactly, again, why people hate America. We can't even rate a fucking teen cult classic correctly. That's why America sucks. Yep, I would definitely go with that. Okay, are you ready? (laughs) Are you ready? Let's get into a player breakdown. I'm going to, I always do the NFL theme music when we do a character breakdown. I felt like it's going to sound better if I just called a player breakdown. So, are you ready for a player breakdown? 
for 10 Things I Hate About You, Lauren S. Oh, hell yeah, I am. You know I am. Should we start with Heath? You don't not start with Heath. Oh my god. I I myself was... It was tough to contain myself in this movie with Heath. I thought you were going to jizz all over my couch. I and, did And too. that's not going to be able to come off. Well, it should. But I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not hoping to have some white stains. I get it. I was close because Heath is so... Magnetic. Oh, his his just pure presence. His jawline. I mean, it's tough to handle. It's tough. Anyways, okay. Heath Ledger, I would say, can we say rebel with a cause? Oh yes you can. (laughs) Because Oh yes you can. He is such a fucking rebel in this movie, such a badass. Um, he's the guy that they the other dudes are getting to tame. The Shrew. Oh, yeah. Fucking Julia Stiles, cat. And they they get him because they're like, we need a big badass who, like, is, you know, just hates everyone and loves fire and, like, welding and stuff. So we'll get, like, Heath Ledger because he's a man's man to do that. Um, let's just go real quick into Heath Ledger, his career, because first off, I can't tell if it's the fact that, like, he passed away tragically. And, like, that's what makes him more magnetic to me. Like, when I see him on screen, I just keep thinking, like, damn, what could and should have been with this fucking guy? No, I think that, like, he's been in some electric roles. I mean, if you think about it. Okay, I I know you wish you were Jake Gyllenhaal, but Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. I know that you wish that you were the other dude in that, but he played that like a fiddle. Brokeback Mountain. The Patriot, he's uh, opposite Mel Gibson. He's also in... Um, the Dark Knight, which... I was going to save that for best, last, because, yeah. Look, best Joker yet. I, uh, I don't care about Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. 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 <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I literally... I get more shit for mispronunciations on, on stuff on this podcast than, like... It's it's actually sad. How I much think I've shit on you once about it. Actually, everyone shit on me. I literally mispronounce everything. But yeah, so he then the other movie that he was in that was fucking unreal is A Knight's Tale. Oh my god, I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. It's so embarrassing for me. So before we get into the Dark Knight, because obviously that's just like the most unreal performance of all time. This movie, it was his. It was the first American movie he ever did. Yeah, and I I think I read that he actually like for the first few days wasn't even at the cast. Like, yeah, yeah. Wasn't with everybody. So what he ended up doing is like they they were unsure if he was gonna click with the gang, but he like fit in perfectly, and they were one big family. Yeah, like everybody else says, like at every shoot, which I'm inclined to believe that one of these is probably a lie. Yeah, but. I mean, yeah. if Heath Ledger's involved, who can't love him? Yeah, who's a dick on the set? Like, I want to know, like, when it when everyone's act the camaraderie's actually not there. You know, 
I just, I swear to God, Andrew Keegan, he's just got to be a douchebag. Yeah, wait, hold on, wait on him, wait on him for a second. Oh, no, I'm not getting ahead. Don't yeah, worry, don't, I'm just saying. Don't like, get ahead. That's, that's who it's got to be. So, Heath Ledger, did you know he beat out Josh Hartnett and Ashton Kutcher for this role? As you should have. Neither of them would have deserved it. Magical. Um, they wouldn't have done it justice. Also, fun fact, he was tur- he was offered the role of Peter Parker in the original Spider-Man, turned it down. I don't know that I would have liked him in that role. Yeah. And then he was also offered the role of Batman in Batman Begins, turned it down, said that that was the only role that he regretted turning down, loved it so much. And that was a big reason why he worked with Christopher Nolan as the Joker in the aforementioned Dark Knight. Well, I will say Christian Bale, I did love him as the Batman. He was good. But I think Heath Ledger just killed it as the joker i would arguably i think that performance may be like in my top five best like acting performances i've ever seen ever ever he got so into character oh my god i just i remember that's one of those movies that i remember like you know how like there's always those stories like 9-11 i remember where i was you know stuff like that Oh, yeah. I remember exactly where I was, when I saw it, who I saw it with, for when I went to see The Dark Knight. It, I was work. I was fucking making ice cream at Grater's on the second shift. It was in college, summer job. Shift I was ended. about to say, what? Yeah, this is like two weeks ago when I'm making <laughs> ice cream for a living. Shift ended at like... You know, 9.30, we, we're, we're scheduled to see the midnight showing on opening night of The Dark Knight. So we go right there. You have to get there early. It was playing at Newport on like 10 fucking screens. Oh, yeah. That's how big it was. Because he had just died like right before that came out. So it made it bigger. And that that killed me. It killed me too. Um, saw, it with, uh, saw it on like 10, uh, at midnight with a bunch of our friends who came from Grader's. And I just remember literally the, the first uh, scene he was on the screen, just like looking at my friends like, dude, are you, are you seeing this? This is insane how good this is. It's so fucking good. Like, I just don't understand like how he just, uh, he did it so well. It was like every aspect. It's not, not just like his, you know, character, like it was his voice. It was... Oh, How his he was laugh. carried himself, his laugh. Yeah. I mean, the his makeup hand was all gestures. Up. Yeah. It was like every single detail of him was just perfect for that role. He's perfect in every role, though. He's perfect in this movie, too. He was perfect in Brokeback Mountain, too. I'm be honest. I have actually never seen that movie. That's embarrassing for you. I know. I don't know how I've never seen it. I, I've never, it's one of those movies that like has always been on my list and I, for whatever reason, I've just never sat down and actually watched it. It's probably because you would be jealous of Jake Gyllenhaal for the amount of a- action and attention that he gives and is received. Uh, I can't, know, by, I'm not going to refute that. I'm just, not going to refute that. I think that you would probably, it's like if my husband, you know, he saw that somebody else was touching Chris Hemsworth in an inappropriate way. He'd probably be jealous too. Right. Yeah. Hey, Chris Hemsworth, hot guy. I know. Not going to say he's not. I mean, lock me up. If that's a crime, lock me up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Julia Stiles. That's who we're going to do next. Yes. So I I will not lie. 
this is probably number two of my favorite of Julia Stiles' performances. I was a big fan of Save the Last... Save the Last Dance? Yeah. Yeah. It's not my favorite movie, but I think that that was, like, really good acting for her. She's a good actress. Oh, no. She she is good. good. I just... There's something about her. Like, honestly, when I was watching her in this movie, I was like, Julia Stiles, super attractive at times. Yeah. You know? But then there's other times where it's like, oh, no, not in. I'm not in on this. She has kind of... I don't know if it's like... Her face is a little bit flatter. Is it her teeth? It's, it's a weird... Her mouth is a little weird, I guess. But I, I don't know. Sometimes I see her and I'm like, she's really attractive. Maybe it's just when she has her mouth closed. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> but um, either way... I guess what I've always thought about Julia Stiles is she kind of like carries herself like a highbrow elitist, acting elitist. Yes. Like, I feel like she walks around thinking she's like classically trained and she's better than everyone. And I don't love that. She just, she has like a very straight posture. I'm sure she's a, a great person, but she just seems like she has a stick up her ass. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. That's, that's more eloquent than I put it. Stick up her ass. Yep. Yeah, so she's been in three movies, fun fact, inspired by Shakespeare. This, Taming of the Shrew, for 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, She was in O, which is based on Othello. Dude, that movie is a little fucked up. Yeah, I've never seen that because I heard, like, things about it. Oh, there's, like, a rape scene in that movie that is, like, one of the most... Oh, my God. It is, like graphic i think i'm good yeah it's pretty fucked up and then she was in hamlet inspired by hamlet Hamlet. (laughs) i would have never guessed that one yeah so she's i think she's the lead in this she's the like badass chick who um they need to start dating someone so that the hot younger one can date guys okay we're gonna do the last two really quick i know that and then we'll get off characters i know you have a soft spot for this next guy, JGL, <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt, it's how do more, you feel? It's more than a soft spot. It is way more than a soft spot. I am sorry. Joseph Gordon Levitt has always just oddly been at like the top of my list. Like I told Corey that if Joseph Gordon Levitt came in here and he's like, Lauren, I want to fellace you, I'm going to say Corey who? Oh, right, right. Yeah. JGL comes in and says he wants to fellace you. I don't know what it is. He just... Was this after... Because an impressive resume. Inception, Dark Knight Rises, 50-50, Brick, which I heard is amazing, Don John, Snowden, and then two of my favorite movies of all time, Angels in the Outfield. Oh, yeah. Fucking amazing. And then, this is why I think maybe you love JGL, 500 Days of Summer. Uh, It was really kidding, King Arthur's Court. Oh, no, no, really? not that one. Was he in that one? I can't remember. That might have been Andrew Keegan, actually. I don't remember that, but I know for me, 500 Days of Summer is like in my top five favorite movies of all time. It is a very good movie, but I will say like the part that made me love JGL might have actually been like how suave he was in Inception. Mm. Like Great movie. Oh, he looks very dapper, but it's just like he's a triple threat. What's that? He can sing, he can act, and he can dance. So it's like... He can dance? Yeah. In what? Like... Are you just assuming he can dance? No, I saw him on like a Saturday Night Live skit. 
Oh, and he like danced, he did yeah. like the singing and dancing, like Broadway style almost, but like still, it's phenomenal. And like on top of that, because I've obviously stalked him throughout my entire life, right? Um, he's married to a robotic scientist. Whoa. Yeah. Is she smoking? Huh? I mean, she's okay. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Put well, that's kind of cooler then, you know. Like he didn't yeah. get with some fake like Hollywood like actress or whatever no. he got like with a real smart like scientist oh she was like top of her class at princeton like all this stuff. damn she like i i would never be able to get him next to her so when you want him to come in and just start like you know fellating me push Corey out of the way so he can fillet you Corey can watch if he wants yeah that'd be cool um <laughs> <laughs> The, the last fun fact about him I found interesting when I was digging. His brother was a world-renowned fire spinner. Like one of those fucking fire spinner guys. That I did not know. Yeah. And interesting thing, he always wears mismatched socks in movies to honor his brother because that was like something his crazy brother did. That is flipping awesome. Uh-huh. I didn't even notice that. Yep. And then the last character that we're going to do is Larissa... Olenek? It's Alex Mack. You don't yeah, need to say her real name. Well, yeah, Alex Mack. I just wrote down, this girl is, you know, the love that you share for both Heath and JGL, I have for this girl, Larissa, a.k.a. Alex Mack, because she is a 10 out of 10 in the looks department, and it drove me crazy watching her every time she was on the screen. I just, like, it was more so, like, how she portrayed, like, I would say the first half of the movie, she was such a bitch that it was Yeah, just but that like, made her hot. Yeah, I'm not surprised. But, I mean, it, it wasn't just that. It's, like, also some of the really, really, really dumb stuff her and Gabrielle Union's character yeah. are talking about. Like, yeah. I even wrote it down because this is by far one of my favorite lines that is in the movie. It says, I know you can be overwhelmed and underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? Did Gabrielle say that to Bianca? Yeah. She, Gabrielle then, and then sucks in this movie. Wait, wait, though. wait. But then Bianca responds with, I think you can in Europe. <laughs> yeah, like, she's dumb. <laughs> come she's on. Dumb. She's dumb. She's so dumb. But I think what I'm carrying with her is I'm carrying like young Brian grade school crush vibes into now being in my 30s watching her on TV. And I'm carrying not only all the Alex Mack stuff, which, you know, Nickelodeon, Alex Mack, I'm sure you remember that show. Essentially, the premise of that show was she got hit by, like, a chemical truck, and then that just gave her magical superpowers. To become into, like, a puddle of of goo. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Whatever she wanted. It was literally like, ah, oh, I just become a little puddle of goo that can transform into stuff. That's my superpower. So yeah, I didn't understand that one. But love that show. And then I'm going to throw another one out of you. I threw this out to intern Whitney and she had never seen this. Babysitter's Club? Of course I've seen Babysitter's Club. I figured all like, like girls who were watching movies in 1995 had seen that movie. Oh, I mean, I've seen it. That's a it. classic. I've seen it. Like, I've definitely seen it. But it's been a really long time since right. I've seen no it. Right. One, no one saw it after the age of 10. But I had two younger sisters who were watching that, like, on repeat in 1995. So I obviously saw it. 
probably explains how I came out so feminine. Yeah, I'm going to be quite honest. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, I'm pretty sure that I watched the Spice Girls movie oh, yeah, probably every yeah. single day for like a solid year. And I've watched that once in more recent years. And I can tell you, there is nothing about that that makes it a good movie. It is Spice Girls is pretty literally bad. awful. It's, it's so awful. It's pretty bad. Um, yeah, it's bad. I don't. I have nothing to say about it other than it's bad. Um, last last thing on her, I just wrote what the fuck happened to her. She crushed so hard in the '90s, was like every dude's dream girl in the '90s. Yeah, she and then was. literally after Ten Things I Hate About You in 1999, she just has all these random like CS. I was in an episode of CSI. I was in an episode of Mad Men. I was in an like for the last twenty some years. It's like. She was pretty big, so, like, what the fuck happened? I honestly do not know. I feel like... I feel like Larissa was in something else, though. More... So, what I... This this is, like, the ultimate half-ass digging on the internet. What I saw when I, like, typed into Google what happened to Larissa Olenike or whatever was because Google really didn't know much about her. But one, like, random article I saw on, like, the third page when I was searching was it said... When she was doing Alex Mack, she did it for four years. And it was a huge show on Nickelodeon. She was offered a fifth and potentially sixth season, but she turned it down because she didn't like that it was starting to turn from like an innocent kid show into more adult themes. Like they, they had her start dating like a guy and have a boyfriend and yeah. stuff. And she didn't like how it was becoming adult. And what this article was saying was, Maybe that's why she disappeared because the audience like could no longer they always viewed her as a child. So if she had like grown up on screen and started dating guys as Alex Mack and had boyfriends and stuff, maybe the audience adult, could have accepted yeah. that she like became an adult. Yeah. I think that that would definitely resonate with me as well. Yeah. I mean, it just seemed a little bit odd. It's like she keeps doing stuff like a child, but yeah. I mean, in addition, one thing that I, I did see um, is apparently she's also was in a few episodes of Boy Meets World. Yeah, I saw that. Love that. But that go that again goes back to tied to like kid show. Yeah, that is. You, you are she did. Her correct. biggest hits are Alex Mack, Boy Meets World and Babysitter's Club. All kids shows. Yeah, nothing she's adult. She's done about nothing and she's not even married from what I can tell. She still looks pretty good, though. Like, she's definitely at MILF status now. Um, yeah. She's still got... She's keeping it tight. Yeah. Keeping it it tight. Keeping it right. As she gets older. Larissa Olenek. I will say, before we we get off of all the characters... Yeah. One that I do want to mention is Andrew Keegan's character, Joey Donner. I am just shocked that you know the actor's name. Andrew Keegan. Like, uh, He was a very... (laughs) Very successful, very good-looking actor from the 90s. I'm trying to remember what other movies he was in, but he he was awesome. I just... He's not doing it. shit now. No, I mean, no, no way. He's really... It's saying, you know, he was on 7th Heaven. He actually also was in O as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's one of the... He's one of um, his teammates in O, one of the basketball teammates. 
Yep. And plays then, a plays a total douche in that too. Yeah, and he was also in a movie called Extreme Dating. Don't ask me what it's about because I literally don't know. Um, and some other things that I will probably never see in yeah. my entire life, even if you paid me five hundred dollars. <laughs> but doesn't change the fact that I still used to have a kind of big crush on him. Yeah. You, oh, he you... was an Independence Day too. Apparently. Oh, he's uh, that crazy guy's son yep. with the wife beater in the trailer park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. But um, so one thing that I did find, and this just made me laugh very hard, and I felt like this absolutely needed to be shared with with the kids. With the kids. Kids, is, uh, kids. Listen, go ahead. So David Crumholtz played the character Michael, who is JGL's character's like friend when he first gets to yeah, school. Yeah, he's got this friend who like fucking is sucks. Yeah, he's yeah. he just sucks. So it says Andrew Keegan did not know how to draw genitals for one scene, where he drew the the dick on his face. Oh my god! Yeah, so, I actually have a whole thing about that. But yes. Yeah, but so David Crumholtz had to teach him how to actually draw a dick in order to draw a dick on his face. Yeah, there's a dick drawing scene in this movie, and um, it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, draws a dick with a permanent marker on this kid's face. There is a technique to drawing a dick. I mean... I mean, you've got it down. I, I've drawn a lot of dicks in my life, like in high school and stuff. One of the funniest things in the world would be... I remember specifically, we would be in high school, and before the teacher would get into the room, we would just go up to the blackboard and just draw a massive dick and balls on the board, and he would walk in and just see it. And I remember this one teacher coming in, this science teacher, and he walks in, and he's like, what the hell? I don't, I just don't get it. Like, I get the whole drawing stuff on the board thing, fine. But like, when I was in high school, we were drawing like boobs and like stuff <laughs> on the board. I come in here, you guys are drawing dicks. Why? Because <laughs> we're so homo. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Dude, guy, drawing a dick on a blackboard in high school is way funnier than drawing boobs. I mean, grow up, guy. Fuck. Yeah, I would definitely say that if I was in an all-guy school, it would way be, it'd be much funnier if I drew a dick rather than tits. Amen. Amen. I love that you said that. I love it. Okay. I want to take a quick break. We're going to take a quick... Look, we got to give our MCITW. MCITW is a must. And I wore, I even wore my Wicklow Wear sweatshirt over tonight so you could see some of the new Wicklow swag for the MCITW on that, this podcast. Is that what I think it is? That is their dog Willis in the logo of Wicklow Wear, yeah. I love dogs. Yeah. If you ever want some of that, go to wicklowwear.com. But for this MCITW, you would be remiss. I'd be remiss if I did not give it to one of the biggest D-bags in this entire fucking movie. Unsung D-bag hero. And that is fucking JGL's friend that you mentioned earlier in the podcast. Oh, Michael, yeah. So, tonight on the podcast, that MCITW, 410 Things I Hate About You, is brought to you by our fine, 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 fine sponsors from... 
Wickloware. W-I-C-K-L-O-W-Ware. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at Wickloware.com. Type in the promo code VL. Check again 10% off of your order. That is the Merce Cooper is the worst of the week. And you can get our swag on Wickloware.com. We have $30 on the baseball t-shirts. Lauren has one. Loves oh, it. Oh, fuck yeah, I do. It's the softest thing ever. Softest thing ever. $20 on the tanks and... $40 on the new Henley sweatshirts. It's a different outline on the logo for the VL swag. It's just an all black outline. Teacher Hank, previous guest on this pod, recently bought one. Loves it. This week, MCITW, it goes to that fucking douche, JGL's friend. And do you want to know why? Oh, I don't even need explanation. He was a douche. Okay. He was a total douche. And all I kept thinking was like, guy. What is in this for you, dude? Why was he so concerned and jacked up about getting Joseph Gordon-Levitt with Bianca, the young hot daughter? I, I, Why I, was he pushing for that so hard? Why was he helping this guy he just met, JGL, so hard? I have no clue. It still is a mystery to me. I don't ask questions. I just... I, listen, I love the guy who plays him. He He's a great comedian, but like, yeah, he just annoyed the shit out of me. The other thing I hated about him was his attire in this movie. Oh God, it was he, so 90s. He is never seen in this movie without pleated khakis. And a button up. And a button up. And then the only thing, the only added item that he may have to his attire ever is may or may not add a blazer or a suit jacket to his pleated khakis and button-up shirt. Yeah. And I was just like, what high schooler dresses like this all the time? Even when they're just hanging out, like at his house, he's wearing pleated khakis. He dresses like my dad. Always. But be even beyond that, he actually might spend more time on his hair than you do. And that is a lot. That is hard to do. Trust me, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm wondering. A lot of volume. I mean, my hair doesn't even have that much volume. Like, how, do yeah. you zhuzh it? Do you zhuzh it? No, my my secret is I literally, while I shower every single day and wash my body and stuff, I only use shampoo once a week, and I don't even use shampoo when I do that. I use a all-natural apple cider vinegar cleanser. Yeah. Wrap your head around that. That's what I'm into these days. I think that you have a more intense beauty regimen than I do. I actually don't, though. The thing is, is the, the fact that I never, like, wash my hair with shampoo and I only use this, like, apple cider vinegar cleanser once a week, is it's actually the lowest maintenance thing in the world. I don't have to do anything with it. I shower and I just kind of, like, move it with my hands or whatever, and that's all I have to do. It's just all natural. It stays like that with that volume. I wonder if my hair less would look, shampoo. Maybe if I like tried doing the same thing with my hair, maybe we would be twinsies. Uh huh. I mean, I can totally do like the Ferris Bueller's Day Off thing with my hair when it's just like a little bit shorter, like back in my hindsies. days. Should we match haircuts for the next pod when you come on with Natalie J? Oh fuck yeah, we should. Let's do it. So with that, while we're matching haircuts, we will say, "Fucking friend of JGL." Be free and explore, bitch. Get bent. Fuck you. Brought to you by Wickleware. Hell yeah. Okay. Are, should we now get into the plot of this movie or get into the actual breakdown of what happens in this movie? Are you ready? Oh, I am so ready, Brian. 
Okay, let's transition. <laughs> let's transition into that with the first song to lead off this movie. A little bear. Oh, This is the first Bare Naked Ladies song on the VL podcast. Which is embarrassing. I know. I'm like, there's no Bare Naked Ladies in the OC or Friday Night Lights? Fucking damn. Not in Dawson's Creek or Dawson's River, as the dad calls it in this movie. I know, dude. What a great little, like, line drop for... We got... I mean, right as the VL pod is coming off Dawson's Creek, there's a little Dawson's Creek homage scene in this movie. Absolutely there is. Okay, so I just want to play a clip, though. As we start off getting into the actual movie, this is the first scene that we see with Heath, and I was locked in immediately when this happened. He gets called into the principal's office at the beginning of this movie Mm -hmm. for this. Here's the clip. Patrick Verona. I see we're making our visits a weekly ritual. Only so we can have these moments together. Should I uh, hit the lights? Oh, very clever, kangaroo boy. Says here you exposed yourself in the cafeteria. I was joking with the lunch lady. It was a bratwurst. Bratwurst? Aren't we the optimist? Next time, keep it in your pouch. Okay. Let's go. And I was just like, I'm in. I'm totally in on Heath Ledger. He got called in to the principal's office because he dropped trowel in the cafeteria and had a bratwurst in his pants where his dick would be. And that's what he showed the lunch lady. And that's why he got detention. I was all in. Yeah. Well, two things with that. One, not shocked. I'm actually pretty shocked, though, that you were not more disappointed that he didn't actually show his dick on film. Because I know how you were kind of ready for that at that point. I mean... That's probably what hurt it with the critics. Mm-hmm. Had Heath shown his real dick, it wouldn't would be been... 68, it'd be at least 97. I would agree. If Bumped not 100. 30, 30 points. Um, but, um, number two would be, I, I just, I love the guidance counselor's reactions to his shit. Yeah. Like, the way that she just comes off whenever she's talking to these kids. I mean, yeah, she is definitely a slightly bit extra on some points yeah but the like erotic novel that she's writing on her computer Uh, in her free time yeah it's just so that is played that lady that you're talking about is played by allison janney who is like a very big Mm -hmm. actress she played the mom in um that most recent movie, that Tanya Harding movie, where she was get, I think she, I don't know if she, oh, she did. I think she won an Oscar for playing Tanya Harding's mom in I, Tanya. Yeah, I think she did. So this movie has two Oscar winners, Heath Ledger for Dark Knight yep. and fucking Allison Janney for I, Tanya. I mean, sh- we might be able to make the proclamation that this movie is the most prestigious award-winning movie 
that we have done on the Vicarious Living podcast. As much as I, I do love me some pretty and pink and, uh, you know, 16 Candles, those type yeah, of 80s movies, as well as, you know, yeah. The she's 90s all, one, She's All That, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Mean Girls, as we've all been aware, I'm a... Big fan. Big fan, but there there's more Oscar winners in this movie, or people that ended up blowing yeah. up. I, I think, honestly, when I was watching this back, I thought this was a much better movie than 16 Candles and She's All That and Mean Girls. Just in terms of like move, acting and movie quality. And I, I'm just, again, seeing that 68, I'm just, I just can't get it out of my head. It, it's just, well, it's to, so wrong. To be fair, you also didn't watch 16 Candles, as you admit. True. You <laughs> only watched the no. trailers. So, like, you don't... I, I own the movie if you ever want it. It's on DVD, though, so you might not want it. Yeah, uh, uh, I do I, have to I, see I it I don't know if point. you have one of those. But um, it is definitely some of the finest acting. Yeah. By far. Yeah. And I, I think I think it's also... It, it has all those ties to the Shakespeare stuff. There was also... I'm going to play a clip now of where the... Uh, I think it was the weird friend or whatever who's talking to Joseph Gordon-Levitt and there's this clip of him like dropping the whole shrew thing. Here it is. Remove head from sphincter, then drive. You okay? Yeah. yeah. Just a minor encounter with the shrew. It's your girlfriend's sister. Wait, that's Bianca's sister? The mewling, rampalian wretch herself. Stay cool, bro. So they're like dropping all these like innuendos about the in the plot of this movie, that cat girl is the shrew. And she's the mean bitch. And as we get into the whole story of this movie, it's essentially it's about mano y mano. We got the hot rich douche, your guy, Andrew Keegan, versus the nice guy who always finishes last, JGL, even, Joseph. Even more so, my man. And your man. They are going after the young girl, and Heath Ledger has to get cat into him so that those two guys can actually date the younger daughter. Yeah, but the other thing that I also just don't understand, why does he have to try that hard to get her into him? Like oh honestly, my God, I know. he would talk. You're talking to me. Heath. You're talking Heath. Yeah. If, yeah. If if somebody like that were to talk to me, I would have just dropped trout right then. Oh my God! Would you have dropped trout? I would have dropped trout. Both of us would have dropped trout so quick. Yeah, because in the looks department, we're gonna say Heath is a ten. Oh yeah. Easily, Julia Stiles. No offense to her, she's not. So you have this ten out of ten who's coming up to you, and it's like, what's up? What's up? I, I don't know. What's the problem here? And Julia I mean, Stiles? You know, he, he was married to the lovely Michelle Williams. Yeah, who, Dawson's Creek. Creek star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jen. But it's like, you know, and even she, she's very pretty, but she's not... Oh, good point. I like where you're going with this. She's not like overly pretty. Yeah, so we're putting Heath Ledger on a pedestal. Like, what's up? All the girls he's getting with, Julia Stiles, who actually he did date for a little while I while did doing see this. That. Yeah. That and then Michelle me. Williams, who, as you've heard on the Dawson's Creek pod, pales in comparison to Katie Holmes. So it's like, damn, Heath Ledger, you could be getting with like fucking the Adriana the, Lima. Yeah, who's who's the uh, Margot Robbie? 
I mean, you could be getting oh, with like the yeah. hottest of the hottest, and he kind of like didn't. And it's a real shame. I mean, he. Yeah, she also cool. was really good in Brokeback Mountain as well. Like they both, mm. they were actually married in Brokeback Mountain, which I was weird. I forgot she was in that. Is that yeah. where they met? I'm gonna guess that was. Because yeah, that was probably like 2005, and then they had their daughter, and then he died in like 2008. Yeah. And they were never married. They were only nope. just together. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's it's this whole game about like. The nice guy versus, like, the hot rich guy. We've seen that trope a million times. Then you have, like, I honestly think the dynamic between Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles was way more interesting to me than all the stuff going on with, like, Bianca, who's the hot younger sister. But we kind of hit on this earlier. I have been dying to, like, start to weave in a biggest practice hero award. Like, Mm -hmm. I need it. Yeah, I I need it. You you were Jones and Ford on the couch. I could tell. I need to give a biggest practice hero award because like this is my thing. Like calling out practice heroes is like my number one thing I do in life, and I hate all of them with a fucking passion. Let's explain what a practice hero is. Like in the workplace, what are things a practice hero would do that just annoys the shit out of you? Besides everything. Yes. They're just always extra. I mean, like, extra. they yeah. just, they're trying to get attention. And it's like that guy who's like, again, I go back to, to high school where this derived from. The guy who's in, in basketball practice picking you up and defending you full court in fucking practice. With it, his sweaty, sweaty ass balls on top of you? Yeah. Where you're just like, dude, guy, just relax, idiot. Like, we're practicing. This isn't a fucking game. Q. Allen Iverson clip. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Not a game. It's not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that, man? We're talking about practice. It's fucking practice, guy. And it's the same in work. You have all these people who are, like, trying to get ahead and, like, email. They're just, like... Just doing everything like that you don't really need to to just like mm-hmm. make themselves look better for the boss. Oh, but it's is, always in things that don't really matter, you know. That's exactly I would say how everything Mike did. Yeah, including you know trying to pretend like he was saving face after I shit on him completely via IM accidentally. Yep, kids, check out our uh, our Laguna Beach pub where Lauren's on because we shit on Mike extensively on that podcast. <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite. <laughs> so, okay, consideration for the biggest practice hero award in this movie. I have, and, and again, this is going to be like smaller characters who aren't on the screen much. But, like, when they're on the screen, it just seems like they're doing way too much, like, overacting, being extra as fuck, and you just, like, want them to do less, essentially. So, Mm -hmm. I want... I had four people in consideration. One, you're not going to like this. Miss Perky, the the guidance counselor. Allison Janney, very small character. She's one. Two, Larry Miller, the dad. You shut your face. <laughs> Are you actually doing a clip from the movie or? No, I'm being just, serious. Yeah. Shut your face. He's in it. And then Andrew Keegan. You're also going to hate that one. No, I actually agree with that one. And then the last one is the other teacher. Mr. Morgan. Mr. Morgan. So those four, you got to pick one. 
Who are you going to say was the biggest practice hero award for 10 Things I Hate About You? Well, first of all, it's 100% not Larry Miller, the father. Okay. I mean, his lines are so epic. I like wrote down several of his lines because I couldn't even stand. Well, say them because I'm not going to actually get back to him. So what are some yeah, of his so... lines you liked? Bianca goes, well, dad, it's just a party. And he goes, and hell is just a sauna. <laughs> and, you know. He, he did have some good one-liners. Oh, he had some amazing What one-liners. was that one that he had when Bianca's about to, like, go out on her date? Uh, you know what? Don't even worry about remembering. I'll just play it. We're going now. All right, wait a minute. No drinking, no drugs, no kissing, no tattoos, no piercings, no ritual animal slaughters of any kind. Oh, God, I'm giving them ideas. Daddy! He's just a very good yeller. He yells really oh, well. Oh, he's phenomenal. But it's... either way, he's extra, you know? So he's on the list. Okay, so... He... he I, I just... There's other reasons. I just... I love me some Larry Miller. Uh, Miss Perky, just because of her novel, it makes me respect her. Okay. Reginald's quivering number. But also, I just like Allison... Janning as an actress um that the gentleman who plays mr morgan i do love him as well i mean he has some great lines he's pretty funny like when he tells andrew keegan one day you're gonna get bitch slapped and i'm not gonna do a thing to stop it yeah like oh come on it was (laughs) so good so purely because of the scene where he literally shows Bianca the two modeling pictures, and it's a difference between a white shirt and a black shirt. Yeah. I mean, he's got to get the extra. Yeah. He's got to get the practice hero. I, I don't... I, I'm fine with that. So for context on what you're describing, he is a model, and he is showing two headshots to Bianca, one in a white shirt, the exact same pose, same picture, and it looks like the second one is photoshopped black shirt. And... Asking her to choose which one looks better. He's a very vain guy. Yeah, but he's also like very like proud of the fact that he was doing like a tube sock ad and and like a hemorrhoid cream ad. Like, yeah, there's some things that you shouldn't be proud of. Like that's being like the actress that's on the like emergency like button thing where she, it's like I've fallen and I can't get up. Like, <laughs> oh fuck! Like, I gotta is play that who clip. you want to? Is I that who you want to be? That's one I. I need to play a clip of that commercial because honestly, I never laugh more than when I see the commercial <laughs> of the old lady who's fallen and she can't get up. Here it is. At home? Help! I've fallen and I can't get up! You're so welcome. But I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong? No. That's no. the thing. Okay, so we're going to give it to Andrew Keegan, the biggest practice hero award. He's the hot, rich douche in this movie. And we'll just end it with the aforementioned dick drawing on the face. I'm fine getting him the award because anyone that draws a dick on a face, I'm Come totally, on. I'm in on. And like, this was the response that that guy had when the dick was on his face. I have a dick on my face, don't I? I just love, I love high school. I love high schoolers drawing dicks. So you, he gets it. You're good at drawing dicks. So yeah. You, you're, you're practiced. 
Okay. One one person I do want to mention that you did not add to the practice hero list is Bogey Lowenstein's character. Who's that? The guy with the rich the rich guy who was in the the stock club. He was the one who hit the golf. Oh yeah, super small character. Yeah, it's it's very small, but like in every scene that he's in. Oh no! Oh my god! It's just like you can dial it back, like. It's like he's like a Jewish dad. Okay, real insane fun fact about that guy. He is in that rare scenario where you've seen Not Another Team movie, right? Oh, yeah, he's in there too. Yeah, so in he's in the rare camp of like he was in an actual teen movie that was dead serious. Like She's All That or 10 Things I Hate About You. And then he also parodied himself yep. in the parody. So there's another guy in the movie, not another team movie, Billy Bob or Bobby Ray or whoever who plays the lineman in Varsity Blues. He plays the same character, Billy Ray or whatever, in not another teen movie. And it's like the most insane thing ever. That guy that you're describing right now, he's the slow clap guy. In Not Another yep, Team Movie. Yep, he definitely His is. only role in Not Another Team Movie is he's always just trying to get the slow cap- clap going at the right moment in any, in every scene in the movie. Yeah. And it's amazing. Okay, practice here a word over. Let's get back to the plot of this movie. The hot rich douche and JGL are going after the, the hot younger sister. Yep. So two different tactics. You got the hot rich douche. His tactic is, I'm just going to pay Heath Ledger money. Starts out at $50, eventually gives him $100, then even gives him $300 to like try and take her to prom and stuff. Oh, yeah. Then you have JGL's tactic, which is essentially just, I'm going to be a nice guy who like teaches her French and pathetic as fuck. Just try and like weasel my way in by being super nice to her. And interestingly enough... Of course, obviously, as a JGL fan, he is fluent in French. Yeah. Didn't he learn for this movie? Did I see that? No, I think he, he, he was knew it already. Before. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, just smart. He's, he's just, just smart. Good. Smart guy. So I didn't appreciate either of those tactics, if I'm going to be completely honest. I don't like the tactic of paying a girl to be into you. Obviously, that's one. That's called prostitution. <laughs> that's prostitution. Don't love that. And then the second one, I didn't love. The nice guy won't either. I loved Heath Ledger's approach most, which he's trying to get the older sister. And his approach is just like, I'm just going to like have super sweet game. It's because you're not familiar with that. Yeah. Of which one? Having (laughs) super sweet game. (laughs) But that's which one I love the most. That's That's why I I loved it the most because I'm like, damn. Trying. Like that's what, that's what Brian trying looks like. It turns out more like JGL, yeah. where like you're just trying to give her French lessons. Like, oh god damn! No, here's the thing though. Look, I would flame out with girls all the time, but I would never fucking teach them French. That's such a lame thing. Like, I know yeah. I'm pathetic. She was failing but... though. He was trying to go with the. Yeah. I'm gonna help you succeed in life. Yeah. I don't know which one I'd be, but they do all this stuff and it leads to this big party. Yep. So At Bogie Lowenstein's house. 
Bogey Lowenstein's house, and a lot goes down at this party. There's that cat dancing th- scene that you mentioned, mm-hmm. essentially her audition for Save the Last Dance. To, isn't it Notorious B.I.G. is what she danced? Oh, you know what? Yeah. Let's play a little Notorious B.I.G. as we go to that party. Or sorry, it's hypnotized. That's what it is. Love this fucking classic high school party. Had that awesome teen trope that we always love where uh, everyone just shows up to the party. Including the DJ that's like fully prepared. Just like he literally sets up and is ready to go in like two seconds. It's, It's actually impressive how quickly he sets up. So why, my question though at this party... Why is everyone dressed so formal? You know, I was asking that to myself. Like, why are the guys wearing suit jackets? Like, they were wearing, like, suits. All of the guys were wearing suit jackets, and all of the girls were wearing, like, they looked like they were contestants on The Bachelor. Like, at a cocktail party. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I did not wear that to high school parties. What were you wearing? Like... You know, jeans with the whale tail. No, the whale tail didn't exist. Were you wearing? Uh, were you wearing the? Uh, they were the bell bottom jeans. Boots with the fur. No, just kidding. Yeah, but it was bell bottom jeans. What kind? Of, what was your shoe choice? Because if you if you say tied tight gym shoes like running shoes, I'm gonna not be able to stop throwing up. No, I think. What shoes do you wear with bell bottom jeans? I think I had clogs at that time. Like I was. Oh, Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks. Oh. Fuck yeah. Yeah. God, I want... I think Birkenstocks are starting to come back a little bit. Have you not seen me wear my Birkenstock sandals? No. Oh, I am a big fan. Hot look? I've always felt like, you know, it's it's what my friends call the Jesus sandals, but you know how much I give a shit? None. I give zero shits. None shits? So, Cat Julia Stiles, gets blacked out of this party. Great moment. Oh, yeah. um, Heath Ledger will not kiss her. Because she's blacked out, she goes for a kiss, and it's like, nah, my morals inside, they're not going to allow for that. No, but I think probably my favorite part about his, like, you know, when they're on the swings and she passes out, which, again, how the hell does she pass out, like, sitting up? With, like, her head against the swing rope. She's high school blacked out, Lauren. This this is fucking what happens to the teens. When I black out, I just black out. Um, you don't know the teens like I do. This is what happens that, at high school parties. Teenagers don't talk to me. I'm not cool <laughs> enough. Um, no, I think like my favorite part is is like she goes, "Your eyes have a little bit of green in them," and then immediately, like two seconds later, doesn't look like she's about to, but all of a sudden just starts puking. Like mm-hmm. it just seems like that one was a little bit fake to me. 
Oh, really? You thought so? Yeah. So there was one interesting clip, though, right after that, where as Heath is, like, dealing with all this shit with Kat, and he's, like, trying to, like, keep her, like, upright and stuff because she's, like, blacked out and can't even walk straight, there was a clip where I just wrote it down because it was just Heath being Heath, you know? And he was laying out some fucking truths yeah. when he was talking to JGL. So he's like dealing with Kat, all this shit. And then JGL is coming up bitching at him about like the younger sister, Bianca, whatever. And he just like lays out this truth. Hey, hey, we need to talk. Cameron, I'm a little busy right now. Can you give me a second? What? It's off. Okay, the whole thing's off. What are you talking about? She never wanted me. She wanted Joey the whole time. Cameron, do you like the girl? Yeah. Yeah, and is she worth all this trouble? Well, I thought she was, but, you know, well, I... Well, she is or she isn't. See, first of all, Joey is not half the man you are. Secondly, don't let anyone ever make you feel like you don't deserve what you want. Go for it. Oh, my God, yeah. Essentially, like, stop being such a pussy, bitch. Like, if you want her, fucking go for it. If not, shut the fuck up. Move on. I literally wrote down, like, Heath Ledger has words of wisdom. I know. I just wrote down fucking laying it out. But can I just say about Heath Ledger, can we just take a Heath Ledger magnetic pause? Yeah, we can. Like, every scene he's in, he's got this rare actor quality where, like, even when he's not fucking saying words, you're locked in. Uh, yeah. And in fact, that... We won't, we won't talk about the exact scene just yet, but I do have on here, how does Heath Ledger make stalking so sexy? Oh my God. Yeah. We'll just go. Okay. So we can go into that because there's, there's two things that one, there's a bar scene where like, he's just literally at a bar and these dudes are trying to convince him to like go after cat or whatever. Oh God. Yeah. And he's like not even saying words. But I am glued to his face on the screen. And it's the same thing, to your point. Somehow, Heath Ledger makes creeping on girls in the shadows completely not creepy. Oh, it actually looks like something I wish that he would do to me. What's he doing? He's stalking her at a record store. At a bookstore. Bookstore. He's Uh, just constantly, like, following her. Yeah. And there's, like, music playing in the background. And, like, how creepy is that in real life? Oh, I mean, honestly, it's some guy jerking off in the background in real life and doing some creepy shit to himself. But, you know, uh, he just, I don't know. I don't know how he does it. But one thing that did make me laugh, though, is, is going back to that bar scene, is his face. It was, like, almost too cute rather than looking surprised because... They make the comment about how black panties make, like, girls Uh having black underwear automatically means that they want to have sex, which... Classic teen logic. Yeah, I'm going to be very straightforward (laughs) so that the teens do not mistake this. That is not what it means. Kids, ladies wearing black underwear does not automatically mean that they want to have sex. Nope. It does not. It does not. So that was classic teen logic. Um, So... The fact that, like, you just said that about him at that bar, calling him cute and stuff, is all you need to know. Like, you describing him that way. Because I feel like when girls describe a guy as cute, fucking game over. 
That's like the ultimate, like what guys are going for. Yeah, he just like he's got this sexy but cute. He just he knows Damn, how to do sexy it. but cute. Is that like the peak? I think that's the peak of what any like a sexy and cute dude. That seems like literally the peak. Yeah. Fucking he, he damn really it. Good. The only thing I don't think he probably could do is smolder, which Andrew... But he be, brooded really well. Yeah, but I will say, smoldering... It's different. Chad Michael Murray, obviously. Yeah, he smolders. But Andrew Keegan did smolder a little bit in this movie. That's a good distinction to make. Smoldering is totally different from brooding. Smoldering... 100%. I feel like smoldering is all in the eyes. It's smizing, as Tyra Banks would call it. Okay. Smiling with your eyes. But but not smiling like... Not actually smiling. I don't even know how to describe it's it. It's like a squint. It's a hot squint. It's all in the eyes. And a brood is more of like a body. It's yeah. full body brood. And smolder, full body. it's all from the nose up to the hairline. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, staying on Heath, let's just get to the most famous scene that he's got in this entire movie. Okay. Which one are we talking about? We're talking about when he's got to win Cat back, and every girl's wet dream happens when he fucking sings to her on oh, the bleachers. Oh, yeah, that exactly. one. Lauren just literally had to do an underpant change. Uh, I edited it out, but she just took like 15 seconds because she had to go into her closet and change her fucking pants. Thinking about Heath Ledger singing to Cat on the bleachers in this scene. Here it is. You're just too good to be true. Can't I can't take, take my eyes off of you. Off of you. You'd, You'd be like heaven to touch. I wanna hold you so much. Something, something. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Why is this every girl's wet dream? Uh, have you seen him doing it? But like, why? you even got wet during it. Yeah, Not I did. I did. I did. But okay, you have to ask that, but you even got wet yourself. But then I remembered I hate grand gestures. But there's something about ladies seeing grand gestures that drives them insane. Um, Explain why that is. Because, it, actually, not all ladies. Good question. Grand gestures in this whole movie. There's a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of grand gestures. There's him singing in the stadium. There's Cat doing the whole poem thing at the end. There's a lot of grand gestures in this movie. In my opinion, grand gestures never fucking work. They never translate. They always look so awesome on TV and in movies. But if like, say like one day you and Corey were in an argument and like he just showed up to your work with like a mobile boombox because you guys got into like a really bad argument the night before because he didn't like clean the dishes fully and then he showed up at work and he had a mobile boombox and he like was playing that exact song in front of you in front of all your work friends 
with a bouquet of flowers in his arm. So, would that be hot to you or would you be disgusted? Couple things. Number one, I am not a flower girl. I have told Corey from the very beginning of our relationship, if you're going to buy me something, it better be food. Okay. He's I got am- a big bag of, of fucking P.F. Chang's takeout and in his arms. But like chocolate. Like, so if he's okay, like. Okay, what's got, your like, number one food? It pretty much chocolate. Like, if he had like All right, maybe he's got a, a bu- bag of like Reese's cups and like, Godiva. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Bag of Godiva yeah, I'd shows him. up at your work. He's got a mobile boombox with one of those little tiny kid mics and he's fucking singing in it. I can't take my eyes off of you. I mean, I'm sorry I didn't put the dishes away. You're just too good to be true. I mean, he knows I would not like that. I don't even like, <laughs> yeah, like when no people do public praise, really. Um, but I will tell you this from our relationship. Well, number one, he can't even get in through the gates of my work. So that would be very challenging for him. He climbed the gates with the P.F. Changs. We have security officers, box. so I wouldn't re- recommend that. Similar, He outran them just like Heath did in the stadium. Okay, which, pause for a second. How the hell was there armed officers there so quickly? Yeah, so those guys were chasing him. Like, you know when there's like a streaker in a football game? Like there's that guy, a drunk guy who runs out on the football field. All those cops were like stumbling and like running over each other like a, a cop trying to catch a streaker on a football field that's what it looked like yeah but i feel like it's it was like during practice times it, it just seemed a little bit odd. okay so but anyways where do you stand know. if he grand gestures no you, i would absolutely not feel comfortable so then this is my point why on tv do you get so locked in when heath is doing that grand it's gesture it's heath. okay so what we should just say is grand gestures fail kids grand gestures fail 100 percent of the time Unless you're fucking Heath Ledger, then grand gestures or anything works. I mean, 100%. in my life, it'd, it'd probably be, you know, JGL. If he gave me a grand gesture, I'd, I'd pretty much do anything. And you keep bringing up JGL. Are you actually telling me that JGL is above Heath in your mind, guy-wise? I mean, listen, at that point in time, probably not. But as he continued to develop, he's become a strongly beautiful human he died i i don't disagree with that and i he think, did die no i know i know what if he didn't i still would no okay love let's take him. heath at his peak a knight's tale and dark knight versus inception jgl where are you at God. are you trying to break my heart right now because you gotta that's pick what you're one doing. you gotta pick one I've always been in love with JGL, though. So you like the nicer guy than, like, the hotter guy, it seems like. JGL's still pretty banging. He's, like, attainable hot, though. Heath Ledger's, like, unattainable hot. Oh, no. He, that, I think it's probably because, like, I feel like JGL's more in my range. Okay, so attainable. So you're, you're, you're saying JGL because it's more real? I, I would put it on par with, like, guys. Like, for me, a girl next door hot is so much hotter than like a model hot because it's more real. Yeah, so he's like a guy next door. Okay, I got it. Okay. So he's JGL I got it. I got it. Love it. Katie Holmes. Love it. Okay, so let's get back to the plot. He does all that at the practice. They're dealing with, you know, they're they're having some back and forth. Who cares? Let's fast forward to prom. 
Well, you, you did forget about the part where Kat does flash her teacher. Oh, which, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I kind of wondered how she didn't immediately get detention. How'd that teacher not just get arrested for seeing high school titties? Um, how did he not pop one up boners. for not getting... You're talking boners. Yeah, I'm definitely talking a bone of her. <laughs> but I'm just, like, wondering how he didn't pop one up. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. So, like, Julia I, Stiles flashes her teacher to get Heath out of detention at one point in this movie, and it was just, like, the wildest scene ever. It's like, damn, that high schooler just showed her titties. Yeah. Yeah, he Showed did. her boobs to the teacher. I, I even put it on. But here's the other thing that I did love about the detention scene was that I love that the teacher took the pot from the one kid and immediately afterwards, as he's walking down the <laughs> aisle, goes, I'm going to need these also. And, like, grabs the bag of Cheetos from the yeah. kid's desk. Like, yeah. you know he's token up afterwards. So that teacher, in, in his he should have been added to our biggest practice hero list because in his one scene, he literally saw oh, a high school so student's bad. boobs. He grabbed a bunch of weed from a kid so he could smoke it and then followed it up with grabbing Cheetos that he could eat after he smoked. And let a kid escape out of detention under his watch. That yep. teacher fucking sucks. Okay, you ready to go to prom? I am ready as hell. So we reached this point where like JGL and Bianca, they just kind of like already got together. It was like anticlimactic, but... They kind he kind of beat out the hot rich guy leading up to prom somehow, which is weird because nice guys always finish last, so it was weird to see him finish first. The main drama to end this movie is essentially with Heath and Cat, Julia Stiles. One thing that happened at prom, just to wrap up JGL, is uh, there was a fight between the rich kid and JGL. Yes, there was. The thing that was wild to me in that was that with that fight was Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets his he gets his ass beat by the rich hot guy. He gets punched once. He gets punched once and goes down. And then Bianca, aka Larissa, the hot daughter, younger one, comes in and just like beats the shit. Yes, and that is actually out I of said Andrew Keegan. One of my favorite parts of the movie, Bianca punching the shit out of Joey. So, great moment for the movie, but all I kept thinking is, like, what a bad look for JGL. I mean, can you imagine? Okay, put yourself in those shoes. You and Corey are out to dinner. Fucking some guy comes up and he starts talking shit to, like, you, and but mostly Corey. And then Corey, like, gets punched out, and then you have to beat that guy's ass. That's a bad look. For the husband. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to get your ass beat by a guy and then have your wife have to do all the ass beating for you. I mean, yeah. that That is honestly, hilariously, like, a common misconception that, like, our relationship, like, if someone were to, like, come up, it, he'd get his ass beaten before No, me. no, no. I don't like, think that. Because he's a big dude. Well, but I'm just saying hypothetically. Oh, he would shank I, I, the shit out of someone. But yeah, it but would totally yeah, be hypothetically. Demeaning. It would be demoralizing. Yeah, in 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 a hypothetical world where Corey isn't a big dude and he actually does get his ass beat, that's a bad look for him. If a guy comes up, beats the shit out of him, and then you have to be the one to like beat that dude's ass. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, we both know that, like, so for instance, I'm five foot two. Yeah. He's like six three. You're five like, foot I two, look like maybe ninety seven pounds, soaking I, wet. 
I I look like his child bride. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even a denial part of that. Like So it would be weird if your six foot two husband gets his ass beat and, and then, then you I, five foot two beat ninety seven pounds beats the shit out of I honestly probably could beat the shit out of somebody if I needed to, but you know. Yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty Scary. feisty. You're pretty feisty. I, mean, I just think it's a bad look. I thought it was a real bad look for JGL that he couldn't beat that guy's ass and that girl, his girlfriend had to do it. But in real life, JGL would have totally taken him down. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> Okay, let's get off of them. The the honestly the the crux of this movie is the relationship between Heath and Cat. So after prom, everything's like in disarray. Uh, they're still in a fight. I honestly wasn't even paying attention to like why they were in a fight. But what I do know is that it led to a massive famous scene at the end of this where after prom. Julia Stiles is in the classroom and she's got to give a little poem yeah. to get her man back. And it's iconic. And I'm going to play it. Here it is. I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. I hate your big dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. I hate it. I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh. Even worse, when you make me cry. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. Fucking ten things I hate slash love about you heath yeah but first of all i love it i love it i just want to say i love no it was it was an awesome scene like that in itself should have won an oscar i know but obviously i can't rule america unfortunately so yeah um where would you rank that with like most iconic because that's like one of those scenes everyone like high fidelity john cusack boombox yeah 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 or like the Jake in 16 Candles waiting outside of the red car. And then, or in the 16 Candles when he shows up on her birthday in the final scene with the birthday cake. He finally, yeah. like, gave her a birthday. But, yeah, I think that scene was just so iconic in those lines of, like, oh, I hate you so much. I fucking hate you. I hate you. Oh, wait, actually, I don't hate you at all. That was literally the last line. So iconic. And I, the last note I had on that iconic poem scene by Julia Stiles was, if I, wa- if I watched this back in 1999 and I was like a film critic, I would just look at that last scene from Heath Ledger where he said no words and it oh. was just his reaction to the poem with his, he's sitting at his Rudy. desk and his eyes were like, it was kind of watering, but like not crying. It was like cool hot guy, like half cry sitch. It was just, it was so epic. Heath Ledger fucking rules. <laughs> fucking rules. Died it too sucks soon. that he fucking died because he was such a good actor. 
extremely underrated. I would he agree. He is just in, like I said at the beginning, he's one of those guys without even saying words, you know exactly what that character is feeling whenever he's acting. And it's like, he's so good at it. Yeah. Not everyone has that. Uh, most people don't. Okay. So this is a point in time in the movie before you give, before you give your MVP to wrap it up. I want to know if we did a sequel, 11 things I hate about you. Where do you think this storyline goes in 11 Things I Hate About You? Well, I'm going to go with Bianca gets knocked up out of wedlock because it would just be too epic considering she wore the belly that like weighted pregnancy vest that their dad makes them put on. Uh Uh-huh. When are we saying what age does she get knocked up? Is that a college knocked up or is that... College knocked up. It's not going to be like, you know, she's married, but like, I just feel like it would happen. So can Um, we say that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is such a pussy that obviously he just followed her to wherever college she went. mm -hmm. She picked a school. He followed her. He went to the state school together. Then he got her pregnant in college. And now the whole life of her being like this pretentious, like stuck up girl or whatever. Now I know what it's like. Like I came back down to earth because I am a 19 year old with a baby. And I got to quit school and like shit got real. Shit got super real for her. What's going on with Heath and Julia Stiles and 11 Things I Hate About You? So I can't tell yet. Like I want to make them like still madly in love but part of me thinks with her going to sarah lawrence like she might just come out as a straight up lesbian yep i was gonna say a subaru driving an uh, outback driving Mm. person you know similar to yourself right um lesbian with full-on lesbian haircut like myself driving a Subaru. i think i've seen lesbians with the same haircut so yeah and driving a subaru so we're saying she's in my stage in life yeah she's a lesbian 30 year old (laughs) Okay, so she's, what maybe we don't say she goes full lesbian. Maybe she just like havesies. She's like bi. So havesies. And she had a stint, and like that's what all the drama is about, is because Heath is like staying, trying to stay with her, but she's just like, I want to get with girls now, bud. Yeah, and like when she decides to do that, like he goes back to the hard life. Oh, yeah. He starts getting, like, drunk all the time. He's just, con- like, chain-smoking cigarettes constantly. Maybe he gets, like, a heroin addiction. I'm just always looking to give people heroin addictions in my sequels. So can Yeah, we say, I can tell. Can we say Heath dabbles with heroin while she's trying to discover her sexuality? Yeah, probably. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. So, but then by the end of 11 Things, she realizes, or no, Heath just becomes cool with, like, threesomes with, like yeah, Julia start, Styles and girls. Yep. They're, and they're into it. He gets off heroin. Yeah, the threesomes help him to get off heroin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the most plausible cause. Damn, and fucking lock Andrew, it in. Andrew things. Keegan, Joey Donner's character, gets fat as fuck and is Should we a kill cab him? driver. No, I want him to be a cab driver similar in um, uh, 13 Going on 30 with Jennifer Gardner. Okay. Where the guy from like middle or high school, it turns out that he is a um, he's a cab driver and he's like super excited that she's there. And Can we still just kill him though? Like he gets into a bad cab accident. We'll wait a little bit. Like it'll be I later th- in the it movie. Maybe like when the credits are the when the credits are rolling. Like in uh, old school, at the end when the credits are rolling, they just kill that dean by having a car like fall off the 
the bridge and just kill him when he's fishing. Maybe we uh, just do that with like Andrew Keegan. We I feel him. like we should do that more so with Gabrielle Union's character. Oh, kill her? Yeah. Right. I just, I can't stand her. Cool. I love it. 11 things that I hate about you. Lock it in. Okay. Who is your MVP to wrap it up? Lauren. Oh, it, it, this was literally the hardest thing I have ever done in quite some time and trust me i've done some challenging things here in my life i've done several half marathons right one full marathon you know and this is hard failed in a triathlon very hard <laughs> so yeah. this was hard this was picking an mvp for this movie it, it was a challenge but i'm i'm gonna have to go with larry miller the father what yeah he was in consideration for biggest practice hero. Yeah, and that is exactly why I told you he wasn't the practice hero. Holy shit. Over everyone. Over Heath. Over JGL. I mean, it was really difficult because, you know, I, I do think that Heath also was an MVP in this movie because his acting was spot. No, no, no. You're giving it to Larry Miller. Give it to him fully. Okay. I just think that his one-liners were just phenomenal and no the kids aren't even going to hear him because we i think we only played well we played one we played one on this pod oh yeah no we should have played more if i knew he was going to get mvp i mean <laughs> i think that you just wanted heath to be mvp i know so bad. i wanted it so bad you were just like oh god i want heath um larry miller was a good dad i, th- I thought he was a good dad uh, some of it was a little ridiculous because i don't like that premise of I'm not going to let my younger daughter go on dates oh, until no. the older uh, one does. I mean, how do you even weird. stop the daughter from going, like, and dating? Like, yeah. the whole thing just seemed, like, odd. But it it wasn't just that. Like, first of all, I'm not still sure what he was, but I'm going to guess he was an OBGYN. I think, yeah. I think he was a, he was some form, he was a doctor, and he was pretty well off. Yeah. You know, the time where he's, like, next to their, their hot tub, like, their in-ground hot tub. Yeah. And, like, with the... Yeah, he's working out. Oh, my God. And then he, like, literally flings the elastic band in through somebody's window and you hear it shattering in the distance. So, I would I mean, agree with you that we always talk about this when we do movies because the rewatchables always does the, the like heat check award for a guy who like every scene he's in, he's, he delivers and I'm always stealing it. But like, honestly, Larry Miller could be in consideration for like every scene he was in. Oh, he stole the show. Oh my God. He was delivering like every, all those one liners. And then, yeah, even when he's just working out on top of his house, like by that in ground hot tub, which I've never even seen in real life. He's delivered. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm still going to say Heath Ledger holds a real special place in this Listen, podcaster's head. But I, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with Heath yeah. Ledger. But one thing I do want to mention uh-huh. to the kids before you know we, we end this podcast. Right. I, I did write something down. Because <laughs> so okay. when we watched this, we watched this obviously with my husband, Corey. Yeah. And there's a part where Kat is telling Bianca that she lost her virginity after one month of dating. And Corey goes, anal? And he responded <laughs> with cock blowing. That's right. That's so right. I just wanted... Should we bring Corey in for this moment? Oh, I can try and grab him yeah, away from Yeah, get him his... in for the end because this is the end.
He's not gonna come in. But I like that file. He's balls deep in some really hard computer video games. I like that. So I like that story though. That was a classic. Two guys watching with one girl is when they were talking about losing a virginity. Your husband said anal virginity, and I said cock blowing virginity. Yes, you did. (laughs) That was exactly, and it was just like this is like. It was just so perfect at that point. It was too it was, perfect. It, uh, yeah, that's a good way to end the pod. Good yeah. way to end it. So, great way to end it. Lauren, thanks for coming on. Second time. Third um, one, we're going to try and get you in with Natalie J. You know I'm hot and heavy for that. That would be amazing. But for tonight on 10 Things I Hate About You, and as we say goodbye to Lauren, we will also say good night to the kids. So kids, you tuck on and you have a really good night. Sleep. Kids, be safe, and do pet sign-off. Lauren? Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids. Do so much. That's <laughs> a podcast. This better have my money. This better have my money. Pay me what you want. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not picture. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not picture. <laughs>